progress. Okay, so the beginning of Daf Kufi Tesem Ralef, the the beginning of the parak. You have a woman who went with her co-wife and her husband to Medina Zayam. And she hears word that her husband died. Okay. Now here's the problem. Is the co-wife pregnant? We don't know. If the co-wife is pregnant, then she doesn't do Yivam. If the co-wife is not pregnant, she does do Yivam. So because we don't know the situation, and she can't do Chalitza yet because we don't know, we're going to see. We don't do Chalitza when one of them is pregnant. So basically, we're not sure what the matzav is. Loi tinose, she can't remarry because maybe her co-wife is not pregnant and she has to do yibum. But loi tisiyavim, but she can't do yibum. She's she was with him. She was with the husband. But she's not dead. True, but but meaning a woman and her co-wife and her husband go. But the women, woman, I guess, comes back. She hears word that the husband died. So the co-wife is not here to talk to. So maybe she's pregnant. If she's pregnant, there's no yibum. If she's not pregnant, there is no yibum. No, we just don't know what's up. We have no idea. We have no way of being able to track her down. So because we're not sure what the matzav is with the co-wife, she can't do anything. She can't marry because maybe she's supposed to do yibam. She can't do yibam because maybe she's not supposed to do yibam. Until she finds out whether her co-wife is pregnant. Now, uh, so the Gemara is going to ask that. Now, the Gemara makes an assumption, and that is that the majority of women who are married are pregnant. Okay, so you're going with the minority here, which is just interesting to remember. You're going with the minority that are not pregnant. Okay, let's say the situation is, but instead of a co-wife, you have a woman whose husband and mother-in-law went away. Now she has no the the, the mother-in-law has no other son, so there's no yibum. Word comes back the husband died. Are we, spo- are we concerned that the mother-in-law is pregnant? Like maybe the mother-in-law gave birth. And now there's a brother-in-law out there, right? The mother-in-law was young. I don't know. She was in her 40s, 50s. Maybe, maybe, 40s. So maybe, maybe the mother-in-law is pregnant. So the Gemara, the Mishnah says, You don't have to be concerned the mother-in-law became pregnant. Yeah, she could be in her 30s, she could be in her 20s. Nah, based on the, how the Mishnah is, uh, yeah, it'd be close. No, no, no. Yotus Amaleya. So what if, the, what if the mother-in-law left when she's pregnant? So then, Chayshashas. Then you have to be Chayshash, so then you can't remarry. You have to wait until you find out whether she gave birth to a son. Rabbi Yeshua, Oyemer, Eina Chayshash. Rabbi Yeshua says, you don't have to worry about it. Why? So Yeshua says like this, what's the statistical probability that she had a boy? 50% of girls, and within the boys, some of them die. So, it's less than 50%. So therefore, that's a miyut. You don't have to be chayshish for less than 50%. And therefore, Rabbi Yeshua feels that you don't have to. So you already have a contradiction within the Mishnah. Because the beginning of the Mishnah says that she can't remarry because maybe her co-wife is pregnant. But she can't do even because maybe her co-wife was not. Statistically, having a co-wife not pregnant is a minority. So you go with the minority. The later in the Mishnah, just one second, the later in the Mishnah, when the, woman, the mother-in-law is pregnant, you go with the minority that she didn't give birth to a boy. So you go with you don't go with the minority in the beginning. You go with the minority in the, in the end. So we're gonna have to figure that out. Um, the, the cases where a woman, um, a, a co-wife and a husband go uh, overseas, and she hears that the husband died, so she can't remarry or do yibum until she finds out if the co-wife is pregnant. She can't marry because maybe the co-wife was not pregnant. She has to do yibum. She can't do yibum because maybe the co-wife was pregnant. She has no way of getting re- word from her. There's no phones, so. So she has to wait until she finds out. 
Let's start the Gemara. My heat sarasa. The lashon is heat sarasa. She has to find out if heat sarasa. She the co-wife. Just say sarasa. It's just an added word. She has to find out if the co-wife is pregnant. My heat sarasa. So the Gemara says, "Hakam Ashmolam lahot saru dechashinan avot sarachriti lechashinan." The chiddush is, we're only concerned that this co-wife is pregnant. Why aren't we concerned that when he was traveling, he got another wife that we're not aware of, and that new wife is pregnant? The answer is that's too much. Meaning, she, the co-wife, we're worried about. We're not worried that he took a new wife that we're not aware of, and that new wife is pregnant. Uh, you know, that's that's not something that we're chayshish for. Okay, so let's. Now, this Gemara from here, straight, until the next Amit to the two dots, is one flow. Okay? It's just one flow. And the basic flow is like this. Let me say it outside, then we'll see it inside. There's a contradiction in the Mishnah. Okay? The beginning of the Mishnah says that if the co-wife is not around, we have to be concerned that she's pregnant, but we also have to be concerned she's not pregnant. Now, statistically, most women were pregnant. If they're married for a long time, they were pregnant or had a kid. Which means you're going with the minority concerned. You're concerned about the minority of not pregnant. The end of the Mishnah said, though, if you have a mother-in-law that left pregnant, you don't have to be concerned that she gave birth to a boy and now there's a brother out there, you have to give him, because what's the likelihood that she gave birth to a boy? It's 50% girls, and within the boys, some of them die. So it's just a minority. You don't have to worry about minority. So the beginning of the Mishnah, we go with a minority. The end of the Mishnah, we don't. Minority, meaning a, a husband goes away for two years, they find out that he dies. Statistical probability is that the co-wife either had a kid or is currently pregnant. That's the Gemara says. Ma- majority of women that are with their husbands for that long are either had a kid or are currently pregnant. That's the Gemara assumes. So therefore, the, the, to be concerned that she didn't have a kid, that's a minority. So it means you go with the minority. But then the later, you don't go with the minority, huh? Yeah, but I guess. I know he wasn't with her. Yeah, away. I don't know. He's like, going overseas with the other one. I understand that. No, I understand. Like, in his, in his defense, he only could afford one ticket, and he really liked the other guy. <laughs> no, so th- th- that's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is you go with a minority in the beginning of the mission. You don't go with the minority in the end of the mission. That's basically what the Gemara's kash is. Bishlam Yevumi Loi. The Gemara starts off. I understand why you can't do Yibum. Right, the because maybe the co-wife is pregnant and you're dealing with eshesach. So I, I completely understand, and that's the majority. So completely understand why you can't do yibum when you don't know the status of the co-wife. But why can't you remarry and just assume there's no yibum? Why? Most women give birth or are pregnant, so therefore statistically, she probably does not have to do yibum. It's a, a, a less than fifty percent chance that she has to do yibum. So, Mistama, so, so what's the answer? You're going with minority. Who's the Tana who's always chayshish for the minority throughout Shas? Rameir. So the Gemara says, Lema Rameir he, the chayish miyuta. The answer is, it must be our Mishnah's following Rameir. That's why you go with the minority. Now the Gemara attempts to say that our Mishnah could work according to Rabbanon. And this is a very interesting thing. And that is, the Gemara says, Afilu tema Rabbanon, ki azli Rabbanon basaruba, ruba de isakamon. The Gemara says, maybe our mission could work even according to the Rabbanon. I, the Rabbanon, usually go with Rav. There's two different types of Rav. There's Rav within the information in front of you, and then there's statistical Rav. Meaning, what's the source of Rav? From Sanhedrin, right? You have 23 members of the Sanhedrin. 12 say he's innocent, 11 say he's guilty. You go with the majority. That's the majority here. 
You're not going statistical cases throughout the world of people innocent. No, no, no. It's right here. Exactly. That the world is Exactly. There's a step in t- a second type of rov, which is statistical rov, which is majority of people in my age group are a certain way. Maybe the Rabbanon only go with Rav when it's in front of you. So maybe our Mishnah can work according to the Rabbanon. I, Rav, women who are with their husbands for that long have children. That's a statistical Rav. Maybe the Rabbanon don't care about statistical Rav. They just care about Rav in front of you. And it's not like you have four women in front of you, two are pregnant. Meaning... It wouldn't be. It wouldn't there be. Would, it's not possible. This would not be a, a possibility. That's the point. This Rav in our scenario is purely a statistical Rav. Maybe the Rabbanon don't believe in statistical rights. When they go bus a rive, they don't believe in statistical rights. Here's the problem. That's not true. The Rabbanon do go bus a statistical rove. Why? I'll tell you it outside, then we'll see it inside. There's a machloikes tanoim, whether a kitana can do chalitza, or can do, yib, uh, can do chalitza. Um, yeah. Or yibam. Rav Meir is against a katana or a kitana doing yibam. Why? Because he says there's a there's a, a minority concern that they're a Sris or an islandist, and you won't know until they're older. What do the Rabbanon say? Majority of people are not Sris or islandists. Go bus a rive. That's a rive, statistical rive. And you see the Rabbanon go with statistical rive. That's not like five people are in front of you, I know three are not Sris. No, this is most people are healthy. So if you're allowed to go with rive people, that's a statistical rive. You see the Rabbanon go with statistical rive. So therefore our Mishnah which says that we're concerned that she's not pregnant, must be Rav Meir. It can't be the Rabbanon, because the Rabbanon go with Rav. And don't tell me the Rabbanon don't go with statistical Rav. They do. So the Gemara says inside, But the case of a Katan, a Katana doing Gibam, which is a statistical Rav, and the Rabbanon go with statistical Rav. The Tanya, as the Braises says, Rameir feels that a Katan, a Katana cannot do Yibam, cannot do Chalitza. They said to Rameir, I understand why a Katan can't do Chalitza, because I understand why they both can't do Chalitza, because it says by Chalitza, Ish, which excludes a Katan, and we compare a Katana to a Katan. Understood. But why can't they do Yibam? There's no source in the Torah that a Katan and a Katana can't do Yibam. So Rameir says, Rameir says, I'm always worried about the minority, and there are a minority of people that are Sris or an islandist, so therefore you're potentially doing an Aveir, or Shalayvim Makam Mitzvah. What did the Rabbanu respond? Rabbanu Sabri, Zilbas Aruva, Dikatanim, Aruva Katanim, La Srisi Ninu, Zilbas Arif Katanis, Srisi Katanis, Slav Islandis Ninu. The Rabbanu say you go with Rav. Now that's a statistical Rav. So you see the Rabbanu go with statistical Rav. If that's the case, then why in our Mishnah can she not remarry? You should go with statistical Rav. What's the answer? Machvarta, Masis, and Rameir. Our Mishnah follows Rameir that you don't go, that you always go bust in the minority. Here's the problem. Okay, so far so good. Our Mishnah follows Rameir. Then go to the end of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah says that if a, a woman, a mother-in-law leaves pregnant, you have to be concerned. You're, we're not concerned that she gave birth to a boy. And now there's Yibam. Why? Because what's the percentage? 50% of girls, so it's only 50% boys. And within the boys, some of them die. So now it's 40%. So the, the problem is, if you're saying our Mishnah is Rameir, who's Chayshish from Yuta, then why in the end of the Mishnah is he not Chayshish from Yuta? Even in the first half, from the book of Rameir, these Chayshish that they're, they are not pregnant. Correct. 
That's so that's the mute. We don't know. Which means we can't. She doesn't do yibum or chalitza. Correct. If she doesn't do yibum, but she doesn't do chalitza. Now she doesn't. She doesn't. She can't remarry. Meaning she can't just marry someone else. Why? Because maybe the maybe the co-wife is pregnant. Maybe she's not. Now maybe she's not as a as a minority statistic. Right. right. So marriage closure, but maybe she's not. Correct. Which means then she should be able to just go free. But we don't okay. Know. So that that will get to that. The gemara is going to sort of touch on things. So the gemara says. The gemara says. Wait a minute. If our Mishnah works with our mayor, then the end of the Mishnah, if you have a woman who's a mother-in-law, we're not chayishish. Why? But why? You should go with roiv. Roiv women give birth. The answer is, the reason why we're not concerned that the mother-in-law gave birth to another son, and now there's it's shayachibam, is because it's a, stati- a statistical minority. 50% are girls, and 50% are boys, and within 50% of boys, some of them die. So it's less than 50%, eh. So you have the reishas or a mayor who's concerned for a miyut, and that's why she can't remarry, because maybe the co-wife's not pregnant, so she has to do yivam. It's a minority. But at the end, he's not concerned about minority, so it's, it's a contradiction in Romeir itself. So why in the beginning is he concerned for a minority and why in the end is he not? What's the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa? So the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says, Dilma kivan Reisha, oh. So maybe, the Kash is basically, why in the Seifa? If he goes with minority, then why in the Seifa can she just remarry? She should have to do Yibam. I there's no brother-in-law. Well, the mother-in-law was pregnant, so maybe she gave birth to a son. So the answer is over there. What's the chazaka? What's her status quo? Without concern about Mia. The status quo is that she's, she's single. So maybe you just go, meaning, maybe Rameer goes with the miyut, but overriding that is you go with whatever status she was before. So the status she was before was that the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law did not have a kid, meaning, so the wife... When the mother, when she hears that the husband dies, her status always up to that point was no yibum because there's no brother-in-law. So you just go with that. Oh, here's the problem. Then in the Reisha, what was her status? Her status was 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 no kids, meaning yibum. So we said no, no, you can't do yibum because maybe the co-wife is pregnant. Why? Just go with. If you're going to tell me, don't care about statistics. Just go with the status quo. And in the end, the status quo is no yibum, so she's single. Then the status quo in the Reisha is yibum. So instead of saying lotis yabim velotinase, yibum. It should be just go with status quo. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But the point is, so in the Reisha, we're not sure. So we're like, you can't do anything. In the Seifa, you're single. Why? Because that's the Chazaka. So then in the Reisha, the, 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 the status quo is yibum. So she should do yibum. So the Gemara says, I, Reisha, dichsak liyibum tiyabim. Avram nachim narabavua, Reisha, dichsak kareis chashashu. Seisa, dichsak lavli chashu. Rab, who's this Rabba? Rabavua says, I'll tell you the difference. In the Reisha, the, what's the status quo? Yibam? That's Karis. I'm not messing around with Karis. No, but the point is, I, we're not going to give her an option of Yibam because that's an Isser Karis. It's true, but I think the point is, once once Chalitza is an option, then I think they'll assume Yibam is an option. We don't want that on the table. There's also a second issue with chalitza, as we're going to see in the next Amit. They don't like to do chalitza when there's a chance there's a kid around, as you'll see in a moment. They'd rather just um, clarify. The point is, we don't allow yibum. It's a kakasha. The point is, we don't we don't allow yibum because it's in a sakaris. The end of the Mishnah, what's, what, what does she want to do? She wants to remarry without doing yibum. 
which is at worst a lav. Eh, go with status quo. Also, the case where the mother was, might be pregnant and have a kid. Yeah. That's an optional role. Like, that's, there's no yield anyway. No, not unless she gave birth before. Yeah, you'd have to find that out. You're right. You'd have to find out that she would have to have given birth before the husband died. Now, so the, so the Gemara's answer, the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa, is basically you always go with status quo. I, so why, that's why the Seifa, she's single. I and the Reisha, why can't you do Yibam? The answer is because that's potentially Karis. We're not going to mess around with Karis. The end of the mission, are you doing with her marrying someone else? What's the worst case scenario? She's supposed to do Yibam and she doesn't? That's a lav. Eh. The Gemara says, Amarava, Mirti, Hadei Raisa, Hadei Raisa. Mali Yisra, Karis, Mali lav. It's a strange... <laughs> and it's a very hard to know when you apply this rule, but Rava says, I don't understand. If they're both deraisa, why are we treating a lav less severe than kares? Which is strange, because throughout Shas we do that, but Rava's just saying, if you're going to go status quo, yeah, but not when it comes to kares. If status quo is enough to override an isa deraisa, like, why are we so, like, blasé? It's like, oh, lav, eh, kares. Exactly. Meaning, once you're going to be a suffix deraisa, you should be suffix. So basically, we're back to the original question, which is why in the Reisha does Rav Meir go with the minority that women are not pregnant, but in the Seifa, he does not go with the minority that the mother-in-law gave birth to a boy. So the Gemara says, Elama Rav, go to the next page. Reisha chazaka liyibam. Okay, let me explain outside, then we'll see it inside. And that is, um, what is the... What does the majority tell you in the Reisha? In the Reisha, what's her status quo? Her status quo is Yibam. Okay? Majority is pregnant, not Yibam. So the majority and the Chazaka are fighting each other. Okay? In the Seifa, what is, what is her status quo? Being single. The majority tells you that the mother-in-law did not give birth to a boy. So she's still single. So I'm just saying, I'm just pointing this out as we're going to see in the Gemara. The difference in the Reisha and the Seifa is the Chazaka, meaning her status quo, and the Reisha, in the Reisha, her status quo and the Roiv are fighting each other. Because her status quo is Yibum. The majority tells you the co-wife is pregnant. No Yibum. So you have the majority and you have the Chazaka fighting each other. In the Seifa, you have the Chazaka, which says single, because she doesn't have a brother-in-law, and the majority backs that up because the majority just tells you that even if the monologue gives birth, it's not to a boy. So, so in, in the Seifa you have, so that the, the could be the answer is very simple. Why in the Seifa is Rameir not concerned about the small percentage? It's because it's a small percentage and it's going against, meaning, so you have the Chazaka going one way. You got the majority going the same way. The minority is going against a majority and the Chazaka. In the Reisha, you have the Chazaka going one way, and you got the majority. You got the majority fighting it, so it's already like think of it like arrows going like this way. So nothing is very strong. So the minority is going with something else. If you understand what I mean, it's not like the answer. We had a question: Is why is our mayor in the beginning and the Seifa difference of whether he goes with a minority? And the answer is because in in the Reisha, the minority is going against both the majority. I'm sorry, in the Seifa, the minority is going against the majority and the Chazaka. It's going, so you have two cars going this way, one mighty little car going the other way. Say so he's not going to go with the Miyat. In the Reisha, you have one car going this way, a Chazaka going this way. You got Roib going the other way. So you have also the minority. So the minor, So that, that's why it's stronger. Because the minority is going with, with a different uh, thought process, so to speak. Let's see it inside. Reisha, in the beginning, 
What's her chazaka? What's her status quo? Yibam. She doesn't have kids. What's the roiv? Roiv tells you that the co-wife give birth. No yibam. So you have the chazaka and the roiv fighting each other. And the truth is, Raiv wins. Raiv beats Chazaka. So the Raiv tells you no Yibam. I, Chazaka, tells you Yibam. Raiv beats it. But I see Miyuta de Mapilus, Chazaka. But you have a minority of women that are pregnant that lose the baby. So even within that majority, there's still, it's not so strong. Havli Palgu Palga. So now it becomes 50 50. Once it's 50 50, then Rameir is like, listen, don't do anything. Because you do have the minority, and that fights against the majority, which is going against the chazaka, and you got so many like cars going in opposite directions. Meaning, in that street, the minority is not really significant. You really have the chazaka and the right. If they're both going, if they're going against each other, we're not really sure what to do. So, But in the seifa, what's the seifa? Seifa chazaka l'shuk, right? Her status quo is single, because she doesn't have a brother-in-law. Ruva and the Raif tells you Lashuk. And the Raif also tells you that she's single because even if the mother-in-law gave birth, the majority of them are not healthy boys. So you got Raif going single, Chazaka going single, both cars going that way. Mm-hmm. So now Rameir is like, listen, I'll go with the Miyat, but not against a Raif and a Chazaka. That's basically the answer. Rameir will go with a Miyat against a Raif, not against a Raif and a Chazaka. Whew, that wasn't too bad. I took out the blackboard for the next mission. It's not hard, it's just I think it'll be easier if I write it down. Okay, now, here to the end of the uh, end of the mission, we've already had this Gemara a couple times. Daflamid Vav and Mem Aleph. And that is... <clears throat> in, in the first case, Adam asked it instantly when we did the Mishnah, and that is... Huh? Because he's smart. And also, I think, I think he, he did it before. He prepped it before. No, no, I'm joking. No. Um, here's the kasha. The kasha is why? Why is this? Why are we making this so complicated? Just do chalitza. Meaning, you have this woman, right? She hears that her husband dies. She's like, "Oh, where's the co-wife? We we're trying to get a tracker. We can't. We haven't been able to speak to her for like a year." Uh, so she says to the rabbi, "Okay, um, I'll do yibum because I have a brother-in-law. I don't have kids. Can't. Maybe the co-wife is pregnant. Okay." So can I be single now? No, maybe the co-wife's not pregnant. And she's like, so now what? She's like, he's like, well, you better find out what her status is. Why? Just do chalitza. Manavshach. If the co-wife is not pregnant, you did chalitza. If the co-wife is pregnant, so you did an unnecessary chalitza. But either way, do chalitza. Like, what, what exactly is the shaila? Why are we making this so complicated? So the Gemara says, Ula Oilam? What, she's usher forever? So Amr Ziri, no. La'atz mashlosh chadashim. Raziri says, here's what you do. You have to wait three months, because a woman can never do anything before three months, because you have to make sure she's not pregnant. Then you have to wait, in addition, not in addition, three months for you, but really nine months, because you want to make sure, maybe give word to see if you could find out if the co-wife is pregnant. But after nine months, because we don't do chalitza when a woman is pregnant, right? we like to wait until, to see what the result is. Give it nine months. Then, do chalitza memanavshach. If the co-wife gave birth, right, husband's dead. So she, if she's pregnant, by nine months you already know what, what happened, right? She can't become pregnant after this point. After nine months, she'll either have given birth to a healthy boy, a healthy child, in which case the chalitza was unnecessary, or she lost the baby, or she wasn't pregnant, in which case the chalitza was necessary. Either way, just do chalitza, you're good to go. Makes sense. 
That's what that's what Rav Hanina says. So, so I'm sorry. That's what Ziiri says. So Ziiri says that when the Mishnah says you have to wait, it just might, it means wait to nine months, then do chalitza. Rav Hanina disagrees. He says no. No. If 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 there's a co-wife out there, you got to wait until you hear a word. It could be ten years. You got to wait. Why? The Gemara says Just do chalitza. What, what does it hurt? So we've had this many times. Here's the problem. If you do an unnecessary chalitza, and then you find out that the baby actually was born healthy, so this chalitza was unnecessary, so she's not posel kahuna, right? She's actually mutal kahuna. So she's going to marry a koyin, and people are going to see and then, so you're going to have to make an announcement saying that she's mutal kahuna before she marries the kain. So Gemara says, okay, so make the announcement. The answer is, she's going to allow to marry a kain because the chalitza was really unnecessary, but people are not going to know that. They're going to see that she's a chalitza. Then they're going to see that she marries a kain, and they're going to say, oh, a chalitza can marry a kain. And because of that... We don't allow it. But we don't want to do that either because she's not. I know. It's a very, it's like, it's like. You're going to make her a Juno for the rest of her life. But, you know, okay. Yes. I know. I know. It's just, I know. It's just, it's weird because Adam is right. Why don't we just say it that she can't marry a Kain? And she would probably take that option than being an Aguna. The answer is we don't make a Sol Kahuna for no reason. Yeah. There are glitches. Yeah. No, so Not glitch, there are cracks. There are cracks. Yeah. We have the case of Cherish yeah. a lot. Right? Cherish married to the half sister, married to a sister, and the other sister falls. What's the other sister's also forever? Can't do Khalitza, can't do Yibim. So, it's a crack in the system. I don't know. Every, every law system has rules, and sometimes. Not a crack is in something Hashem didn't think about. It's a crack that sometimes people have situations that are difficult. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know? avoid those situations because, like... Yeah, yeah, listen, I, you know. I'm sure, by the way, for the record, I'm sure that when she, this woman, finds out that she's in Aguna, I'm sure she's getting on a boat and searching. Well, figure it out. And I'm she's sure. going to search to find that Sarah. Yeah. And she's going to find that co-wife. Yeah. <laughs> get a hire a PI and, 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 and do it okay now here's the kasha so you're saying that we never do chalitza if there's a chance there's a kid here's the kasha Tanan. we had yesterday's was it yesterday? yesterday's mishnah a woman goes to an island without a kid she comes back and says I had a kid but the kid died before the husband, so therefore I still do yibum. So Nehemiah, she's believed because she left in a status of having do yibum. She comes back in a status of having do yibum. But But what if she left having to do yibum? Then she comes back and says, "Oh, I had a kid, but the kid died after my husband, so I don't do yibum." So we're not sure whether she's telling the truth. So what do we do? She does chalitza. But wait a minute, maybe she does chalitza. And then you find out that she was telling the truth. Witnesses come forward and say, we saw the kid die after the husband. And now she'll be, she'll be, puzzled, she'll, she'll be allowed to marry a kind, but she did chalitza. So like, what, you, you, you're so worried about doing chalitza until all the facts are, are clear. So over here, there's, why aren't you concerned about the same thing? 
So the Gemara says, "Velichas Jomasa Eidim Amr Kedah Amra Vinimta Matzricha Chutz LeKuhuna Chutz LeKuhuna." So why over here you allowing her to do chalitza? Maybe Eidim will come out and tell her that her story is 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 viable, and she didn't have to do chalitza at all, and she's kasha LeKuhuna, and then she's going to marry Kayin. And people are going to say that a chalitza can marry Kayin. So two answers. Amra Papa Begrusha. Amra Papa. Amra Papa says the cases where she's a Grusha. And she got divorced before she married the guy, so she's pasul kuhuna anyway. So no, no concern. Or or the cases over there she says the kid died right the only way that the truth can find out is if someone was there when the kid died she said the only people present were me and my husband I'm the only one who knows there was no one around so therefore there is zero percent concern that someone will come forward and tell and say, and corroborate, or, or disagree with her story. Over here, there's potentially a kid walking around, and there's a co-wife who knows the truth. In that case, we're not concerned about the truth coming out, because she testified that the only one present was in a cave, and the only one present, when they both died, was her, and therefore she's the only one who'll know the order, and therefore there's no concern of it ever coming out. Okay, next Mishnah. Now, the next Mishnah is not difficult, I just want to draw it out. All right. Very simple. Okay, and that is, you have two co- two women married to brothers. You have Reuven and Shimon. They're married to I don't want to do Rachel later because those are sisters. Chana and not Pinina and, and Pinina. Oh, they weren't related. Okay. Right. Chana testifies that Shimon died. Pinina testifies that Reuven died. Both believed. Problem is, when Hannah testifies that Shimon dies, she's believed, but now she has to do Yibam. When Penina testifies that Reuben died, now she has to do Yibam with Shimon because they're brothers. Ah, you're going to say, I thought Reuben's dead. That's based on her testimony. We don't accept sister in law's testimonies about each other. Remember? They're one of the five, one of the seven that we don't believe the testimony. Meaning, we believe Hannah that Shimon died, and we believe Penina that Reuben died. But Chana can't look at Reuben as being dead because the only way she knows that is based on the testimony of Penina, which is not accepted for her. And Penina can't know that Shimon is dead based on Chana's <coughs> testimony because that's using Chana's testimony, which is not acceptable. Therefore, they both have to do Yibam to men that most likely are dead. So they have to, so they believe that their husbands died. But now they're like, oh, you have to do Yibam. But I thought Reuben's dead. Penina just says so. You can't accept Penina's testimony quiet you don't listen to that so now she has to find proof they both have to find proof that their brother-in-laws are dead and they can't rely on the testimony of Hana. Hana Penina can't rely on Hana Hana can't rely on Penina so it's, it's it, it makes sense I mean it's a hard you know it's a hard thing conceptually but the case wise it makes sense so let's see it inside you have two sister-in-laws I mean so two women are married to two brothers Hana Penina Zuameris Mez Baili. Chana says, My husband died. Zuameris Mez Baili. Penina says, My husband died. They are sisters. No, no, no. They're sister in laws. They're just two women married to two brothers. So why can't you take each other's Because sister in laws can't testify about each other. Sister in laws can't testify about each other. Remember, because they hate each other, because then they will be co wives if they do even. So, Zuasura Bibne Baila Shilzeh. Zuasura Bibne Baila Shilzeh. Meaning. Chana and Penina are both messed up. Yeah. Because they have to do Yibam, and there's no one to do Yibam with. Oh. Now, Lezu Edim, Lezu Ein Edim. Let's say Chana has proof. She has witnesses. Witness. 
that Shimon died. So now Penina's fine. But now she's good because now her husband's dead based on her testimony. There's no Yibu because she knows Shimon died, not based on Chana's testimony, but based on witnesses. But Chana is still messed up. So now Penina is fine, but Chana is messed up. Because Chana is still stuck. Okay. Or let's say instead of witness, let's say Lazu Bonim. Let's say forget about witnesses. Chana has a son. She's got a boy. So, Chana's fine because there's no Yibim because she has a boy. Her husband's dead because she testified that. There's no Yibim because her, she has a boy. So she's fine. Penina's still messed up. Right. So far, so good, yeah? Lazu Bonim, Lazu Ein Bonim, Eish Yeshla Bonim Uteres, Vishain the Bonim Asura. Ah, here's the deal. Alright, here's where we get fun. Alright, original case, right? Chana and Penina. Chana testifies that her husband's dead. Penina testifies that Reuben's dead. So they both believe their husband's died, but they have to do Yibum. I, <laughs> Chana's like, I thought Reuben's dead. Nah, 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 you don't listen to Penina. Yeah. And Penina's like, I thought Shimon's dead. Nah, nah, don't listen to Chana. What if, in addition to Reuben and Shimon, there's also two more brothers? There's Levi and Yehuda. So, so Penina does Yibum. And Chana does Yibum. Okay, so far so good. But then, they both die. Then late, so now they're back, so now, so now they both die. So now they're back to the original situation. But you know why it's a little bit crazier over here? In the original case, Chana's like, they're like, you have to do Yibum to Reuben. And she's like, I thought Reuben's dead. And and he's and she's like and they're like how do you know that and he's like and she's like why Panina Panina just says so and you're like you can't listen to Panina, okay. So but in this case, Panina did Yibum. So Ruben's definitely dead. Yeah. Meaning over here it's not just there's testimony from Panina. There's an action. So in this scenario, Panina actually did Yibum. Now okay, Panina Yehuda died of it. She was it, and then they're all dead. So they're back to the same scenario. However, it's back to the same case, but. Over here, it's not just hearsay from a sister-in-law. There were actions based on court proving that Shimon and Reuben are dead. It's not like, it's not like oh, I'm listening to, it's like, oh, I thought Shimon's dead. How do you know? Chana testified. It's not just Chana testified. Chana did Yibum. <laughs> like, it, Chana, Chana did Yibum, which means her husband's dead. So, so now the question is, do we say, once these Yivamos die, they're back to the same scenario and they're back to being us, or do we say No. Over here, they've actually acted upon knowing that their husbands are dead. So now we can just say, you're fine. Go, go free. So that's the Gemara. That's the end of the Mishnah. Nisiavmu, if both Chana and Penina did Yibam to the other brothers, Umesi Yivamin, and the other brothers died, so they're back to the same situation, Asuris Linase. So the Tanakhama says, back to the same situation, it's back to being Asur. Because now Chana is like, they're like, you got to do Yibam again. And she's like, to who? And, and they're like, Reuben, she, I thought Reuben's dead. How do you know that? Penina, quiet. It's the same thing. Rabbi Yeshua disagrees. disagrees. He says, Hoyl behuchuli yavmin, says, no. Over here, it's mutter, because once Chana does Yibam, that means Shimon's dead. So now Penina's fine. I, how do you know? Is it based on Chana's? It's not based on Chana's testimony. It's based on the fact that the Bezdin sanctioned Chana to do Yibam. Exactly. 
So we're not gonna we're not worried about someone lying. If Bezdin sanctioned Chana to Yibam, obviously Chana's husband's dead. Therefore, Penina's free. That's where Allah's take, and and vice versa. If Penina did Yibam, that means Penina's husband's dead. Therefore, Chana's free. Let's just do two lines of the Gemara, and then we'll stop. The Gemara says like this: Tana lezu edim ubanim, lezu loy edim v'loy banim, shtei mutares. If this one has witnesses, so Chana has witnesses, and a kid. Penina has nothing. They're both fine. Why? Chana doesn't do Yibam because she has a son. Penina doesn't do Yibam because Chana has witnesses that Shimon died. So you're fine. Okay, same thing. Nisiavmu, let's say they did Yibam. Umeso hayivamin. Asurinli nasir v'lazar v'hayil v'hochli yavin v'hochli chala oilam. And now the Brayse just quotes the same machloikis between a v'lazar and the Tanakama. If they did Yibam, does that mean that they're fine? Or do we say no? They're back to the original situation. Now tomorrow... We will continue shortly about just understanding where Revelazer is coming from, um, but that's the basic gist. No, stop here. Well, that was not as bad.